Hello, and welcome to the Dear Mind You Matter podcast. My name is Allison Walsh. I'm a longtime mental health advocate and vice president at Advanced Recovery Systems. On each episode, I will be joined by my colleague and clinical expert, Dr. Angela Phillips. This show, along with our mental health and wellness app, Nobu, are just some of the ways we're working to provide you with actionable tips and tools to take really good care of yourself each and every day. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite note-taking device. It's time to fill your mind with things that matter. Originally from Germany, Mari Strack is a London-based writer, occasional stand-up comedian, and mental health advocate who blogs about mental health to her engaged Instagram following. After a close family member tried to commit suicide in 2013, she began to speak publicly about the importance of destigmatizing mental illness. Today, she openly shares her own struggle with anxiety and PTSD, which she was diagnosed with after witnessing a graphic attack in London. With a background in filmmaking, Mari particularly loves working on stories that raise awareness. She believes that making the extremely personal experience of living with a mental illness widely accessible through storytelling can be a lifeline, not only to those who suffer in silence, but also for those loved ones who find it difficult to relate. She is currently working on her first book and in her free time, she enjoys watching the colorful houseboats on the canal in her home. Well, we are so excited that you are on the show today. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? My name is Mari Strecker. I'm a German writer living in London, and um, I blog a lot about mental health in a nutshell. I also do some stand-up comedy every now and then. And um, yeah, I try and spread awareness um, about PTSD and anxiety, and I'm, I'm trying to do my bit to destigmatize mental illness. Well, thank you for doing that because we cannot have enough conversations. Every time we talk about it, we normalize it for other people and hopefully give them the courage to reach out and ask for support. But would you mind sharing a little bit more about why you're passionate about this topic? Of course. Um, so in my family, um, and I'm always very careful how I tell the story because it is about someone else and I understand that the details aren't mine to share. But so a family member of mine um, tried to commit suicide um, in quite a graphic way. And that was when my family had to come to terms with the fact that you cannot sweep mental health issues under the carpet. It just comes back and it comes back bigger and worse, um, which is what happened uh, in my family. And so I spent many, many days in the waiting room of the intensive care unit uh, with my entire extended family present talking about how do we get here? And um, of course, you know, everybody is being in those moments, being very hard on themselves, I think, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing because I think it's very hard um, to retrospectively point the finger at that one moment and say, oh, this is where we failed as a family. And I also don't think that you can per se say that you can prevent something like an attempted suicide necessarily as a family that doesn't have professional tools. But there were definitely times where we didn't look properly and where we thought, oh, this is just a phase, this will go away, and where we didn't seek the conversation um, as a family and individually as well. And um, that for me was such a, a defining moment in my life. This is in 2013, 
so quite a while ago. And um, we were very blessed that our family member fully, almost fully recovered, which was close to an absolute miracle. Um, and so we were also able to then have conversations with her about her experience and, and what happened. So I had that very privileged, or was in the very privileged position of actually being able to ask questions as well. Um, and I had experienced depression and anxiety, but I think I'd never seen it as something that was maybe unusual or like, because you don't know other people's experience of life, right? So often I think people who struggle mentally with things assume that well that's just life you know the, the way anxiety can sabotage us that's everybody has a bit of anxiety and a bit of doubt but to actually realize that oh hold on this is at a level where I could benefit maybe from someone else looking at this and maybe giving me their opinion and some tools that also happened through through that experience um, and that was when I started blogging online about it. And then in 2017, um, I was the well, one of the victims of a knife crime in London. Um, and I wasn't physically harmed. Um, my, my friend was severely harmed. Um, but of course, then I added uh, post-traumatic stress disorder to my little plate. And it was, um, and again, I, I don't want to talk so much about my friend's journey here because that's again not mine to share. But um, for me, it was interesting because I had um, obviously read so much about mental health stuff and been in contact with psychologists, therapists, and so on through the blogging I do. And then I thought, oh, mm, now I'm going into this territory of this. Um, post-traumatic stress thing which I can see logically is on the horizon for me but I can also look at it from the outsider's perspective so what can I do to prevent that from happening and of course I went about it the absolute wrong way I know that now I thought I was very very smart about it I had read every book about it so yay you know um, and so I went straight back the next day to where it all happened I thought you know the park that's my park and I'm going to force myself. I'm just going to power walk through the anxiety and through the fear. And I really did not do myself any favors because I didn't even allow myself to admit that it was a really, really big deal. What happened? I just thought, you know, if, if I just keep doing what I've always done, then, then this, this post-traumatic stress thing won't find a way to creep in. But um, yeah, that's not really how it works. I thought I would outsmart it and I didn't. Um, and so since then, um, it sort of has come and gone in waves and the pandemic also hasn't helped. Um, I have dealt with, with that as well and learned how to live with a very irrational fear, um, particularly in the streets of London where I happen to live and where I still want to live. Um, so yeah, so I've added that um, to what I talk about online, to the conversation. Well, thank you for sharing more. And, you know, there have been so many lived experiences and then also ones that you've experienced walking alongside others. And I think that's a really important thing for our audience to think about too, is that, you know, 
the journey that we watch other people experience does impact us as well. And I'm so glad that your family and, and you really did pause to take a moment that unfortunately was very um, significant, but to really evaluate, like, how did you get here? What else can you do? How can you support not only this particular individual, but others that you cross paths with, right? And, and nobody's immune from this. And I think that's one of the big takeaways that I hope everybody listening is really acknowledging is that mental health impacts all of us, right? Just like physical health, we all have mental health and it's really important to be there for one another. It's really important to be there for ourselves and to invite those people in, like you said, you know, and, and at different stages and phases of life, you know, when your experience, um, you know, several years ago, that was terrifying. And, you know, I'm glad that you were able to get support for that and, and realize that, you know, there are people out there that can help, but, um, you know, all of us have had that shared experience of the pandemic now, and you don't have to stuff it down. You don't have to hide from your, yeah, you don't have to hide from your feelings and you know, it's important. There's so many talented and amazing people out there that can help. So that's what they were called to do. Just like all of us have our own calling and what we're doing that's theirs. So let them do it. (laughs) But, um, but I want to talk about the community that you've really created online and what you've been able to share and, you know, how how has that really helped you and and where do you see that helping others? Oh, it, it has helped me humongously. Um, and I don't think I saw that coming really that because initially I just thought, you know, I'm a writer and, and maybe Instagram was an odd choice because I write these epic long captions with like a selfie of this is me today. Um, and that has sort of become my thing. But I initially just thought if I just talk about it the way I truly feel it without trying to think about the likes that you will get or if it resonates with people, then I can I can just it's out out of my my heart in a way like the negative stuff and I've always been an oversharer my entire life I've always carried my heart on my sleeve I find it very hard to hide my feelings um and the way the world is progressing that's um a good thing but you know when when I grew up like 20 years ago or whatever 25 even 30 um that oversharing thing was really not a good thing people would find it embarrassing and you know, vulnerability was just not seen as a strength. And I think we very, very slowly, we've still got a long way, but we are getting there where we understand that we all have vulnerable sides. That's what makes us human. And you have such a a bigger shot at building a stronger connection with people if you actually show your vulnerability. And if you go beyond the surface and I think social media typically has not been advertised to us as the tool to do that but it is getting there and I'm fascinated by it and so happy that people are discovering it more and more as a tool to deeply connect with others it is it is it's funny isn't it because often social media is very demonized and it is for good reason I'm 100% with everybody who says, you know, the comparison, the, all this kind of holding ourselves to this fake perfection standard, it's, it's insane. And it does a lot of bad in the world. And I'm so with that. But on the flip side, if you use it to um, 
it, it depends how you use it, of course. And if you put your authentic self out there, then you might receive the authentic self of others. And that's where you become part of a community that is very real about life and very real about the struggles. Um, and so I felt each time I was posting, especially when I was still a little bit worse back a few years ago, um, I always found that one step was externalizing how I felt through pressing post. So it was out there, it wasn't in here anymore. And then I received the comments and direct messages. And I was like, wow, I'm not the only one who feels this. This resonates with people because they go through this too. And so I had meaningful conversations and sometimes it's just like an exchange of like two sentences. And that's all I or the other person need in that moment. It snaps you out of that, that loneliness that I think fuels so, so many of the, the mental illnesses that we have. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, as you can maybe tell, I'm so amazed by every time I speak about it, I'm amazed by the power of social media and how, how you can use it to your advantage and to do good both for yourself and others. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or mental health issues, we encourage you to reach out to us today. Advanced Recovery Systems is a leading behavioral health care company with locations across this country. Don't hesitate. Call us today at 855-409-1753. That's 855-409-1753. Help is just a phone call away. And to build that community, right? And I think that um, what you've been able to do is to, you know, show people they're not alone. And I think that's you are you do show up to serve. And I love your long captions, just so you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think they're great. Um, but you show up with this very authentic way of like, this is what I'm going through. Don't let you know, like I love the post about like not letting anyone invalidate your pain or your what you're experiencing. Like people need to hear this, right? And people need to know that they're not the only ones that sometimes, you know, are yeah. experiencing certain things. And when you do show up for good, it is so powerful. And you can yeah. create that community and you can create that um sense of belonging, right. And understanding. And, uh, so thank you for what you do. And, and I know, I know the value of, um, some of the people that I also follow online where you just, you feel like you show up, you're like, they get me right. <laughs> like yeah. they get me and yeah. it feels good. So yeah. thank and you. it's, it's also, I feel like what else are we really here for? If not making real connections, mm -hmm. it's the most beautiful thing. Um, and I think when, when you're younger, that might not be on the forefront of, of your thoughts and the older the get, you get, or at least for me, it's like, oh, well, of course, that's what I'm, I'm kind of here to do. The, the enjoyment of the, the dialogue with other people and to share a little bit of their experience and the way they see their world. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's very powerful. And I'll echo too what you said about, you know, I've always been an oversharer too. And I'm sure it drives my mother crazy because she's like <laughs> one of those super private people. And I'm like, let me tell you all my issues. Um, so, you know, when I was uh, 18, I was newly in recovery for, for my eating disorder and I had struggled throughout high school, like definitely suffered in silence, was not getting the help I needed. Finally got, um, you know, into a healthier place. And somebody in my world said, you know, Allison, you were blessed with a voice to tell your story. And she's like, not everybody's brave enough to do it. 
And she's like, but you are, and you need to do it when you're ready. You know? And I'm, I always say like, I don't, I wait till it's a scar, not an open wound kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. you have to responsibly yeah. share too. And, um, but that, that one person changed my whole life. It was like, they gave me that permission slip quote unquote, right? Like that I was almost waiting for to be able to be that voice for the voiceless. And I find there's so many similarities in like how you've shared so openly what you've gone through and um, what you've, you know, experienced with others too, that I think that you're inspiring even more people that you don't even realize. And I think that's such a beautiful gift to give the world. And, um, you know, if those that are listening right now know that they have a story to share that, can inspire others. They, they should really think about doing that because you never know who needs to hear it. And I think sometimes people think like, Oh, well, there's a bunch of people out there doing this and you know, they're not you, right. We all have our unique experiences and you never know what your confidence and belief in your ability to share will do for somebody else. I, I also think on that note, um, I often had have to remind myself that I now live in a very nice bubble of people who are advocating and who I have uh, conversations with and where it's very open and where everybody is proud to be vulnerable. Um, but that is a bubble in, in the grander scheme of society that is not there yet at all. Um, so I think any person who can decide if, if it's for them to share their story is contributing just, it's a numbers game, right? At the end of the day, we need to get the numbers up of these authentic stories where people just realize, okay, well, this, this is normal. This having, and I'm not normalizing the struggle of, of mental illnesses, but this is normal for the society we live in, for the time we live in, for the minds we have, the very complex minds. Um, And therefore, it is normal to speak about it. And um, it's interesting you mentioned that post I did about um, don't let anybody invalidate your pain. Uh, And I remember I posted this after I had spoken to a doctor about um, getting therapy again for PTSD because I felt after the pandemic, it was really coming back with a vengeance um, and took me by surprise because what has a pandemic to do with a knife crime? Like that's, but it's obviously this triggering the anxiety just taps into that same pot of fear and then it brings it out. And he asked me, <laughs> he asked me on, it was a phone consultation and he asked me, uh, can you still, um, are you still able to leave the house? And I'm like, yes, but it's not fun. <laughs> and I have to research if I go to a new area in London, I have to research how to get there. What does, I look on Google Maps, what the area looks like. I familiarize myself with it. I would have never done this 10 years ago in London. I would have just hopped on the tube and off I went, right? And so I tried to explain this to him that that's not how I wish to live my life with that amount of fear. And I also said, well, it can't be good for my body. Um, and I've noticed like, you know, digestive problems, like little things like eye twitching. It, my body is affected by the amount of fear that keeps flooding through my body. But for him, it was important that I was still able to leave the house. And he said, so what do you do for work? And I said, well, I write and I do other freelance work, but I mainly sit there with my laptop and I write. And he said, oh, so you, you're still able to do that? Yes, I am still able to do that. So 
well, you don't qualify for the tailored therapy for PTSD under the, the healthcare system that we have here in the UK. Um, and I hung up the phone and I started crying because I just felt that somebody just told me that my pain wasn't big enough to get the help that I felt I, sh I should get. Um, and it makes, you, it makes you feel shame as well for having asked in the first place. Like, shouldn't I have not reached out? And then I thought, if this affects me to that level, and I've talked so openly about this, and this is such a big part of my life, and this sends me into a crying episode, and this makes me question whether my symptoms are valid or whether I'm making them up. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe this is normal. I don't know then what would happen if the same conversation was had by somebody who is reaching out for the very first time in their lives? And, and they spent months thinking about this and they really got the courage to ask and to say, hey, I'm struggling, can you help me? And then somebody says, oh, are you still leaving the house? Are you still working? Well, then you're fine, what's the big deal? Um, and so that, that was the reason why I posted that and why I felt like, no, this is actually something that people should know that this, this isn't okay because if you feel it, it's there. <laughs> pain is pain is pain is pain. It, there, there is no, oh no, this pain is different than that. And if you feel it, you have, you have it. You have that pain inside you and you're suffering from it. And so therefore you deserve to be heard and listened to and taken seriously and to receive ultimately help. Um, and that posting that in the the feedback i got to that post which as you can imagine was quite quite big because so many people were like oh my god this has happened to me as well um that gave me the strength to call again <laughs> to speak to my gp again and i was then put on the waiting list which i still am on um for the right kind of therapy so fingers crossed i'll get something at some point but had i not had this this interaction online i don't think i would have called again um so let alone somebody who's reaching out for the first time that, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm so sorry that you experienced that with them because you're absolutely right. That phone call was a brave phone call and you have, you know, more experience and you've been an advocate for this and, and you, you know, thankfully had a community that was like, no, do it. <laughs> and so, yeah. but we deal with this all of the time. Right. And, and, you know, we've, we're obviously in talking on dear mind, you matter today. And, and Nobu is a big part of that, our mental wellness app, but the other side of advanced recovery systems is inpatient addiction treatment. And we always say every phone call matters, treat it as if it's going to be the only one they make because it might be, and we've got to instill hope that life can change because it will, as they take care of themselves. Um, but we want to make sure that we're hearing them. They're seen, they're valued, they're heard, yes. and we're going to take care of them. We're going to get them where they need to be. And it's so important that anybody, right. Regardless of uh, even at a higher standard, right. Your doctor needed to definitely handle that differently, but all of us need to take that phone call, whether it's a friend calling for help, a family member, whoever it may be as seriously as it is, because it is a brave dial to make. 
I remember when I reached out for the first time and how challenging that was. And I had a similar situation. I went back again. Um, and that took a, a whole other level of bravery and, and self-belief that yep. I didn't want to keep feeling the way that I felt. So I am so glad that you have this community that number one, you share so openly with, but that has also been able to help you too, because, yeah. um, you know, you'll get connected hopefully very soon with great resources. And, um, but it's so important that we really stop, listen and connect yeah. and help and yeah. serve and guide and do all of the things. Yes. So I'm glad yeah. we had to have the, this conversation today. It was really important for people to hear. And, and I think also on that note with social media, um, we often, well, I come across this a lot that people compare their pain to other stories. So it's like, we say, okay, if, if you go through a divorce, you have X amount of months that we grant you that you can grieve for that. But then we kind of expect you to, you know, be up and running again. If somebody has died in your family, we understand you struggle for life. Let's give it a year. But the society has these weird numbers and we all know them, like, you know, whether it's a year, year and a half or whatever, two years. But for different things, it's like, I don't know who decided this, but collectively as a society that keeps things hidden and, you know, keep have, yeah, well, don't openly share our problems, I suppose. We almost attach a certain kind of value to what traumatic event has happened to you, which is, I understand to a certain extent why we categorize things and why also in the medical world, you need to categorize to be able to help more people quicker. I understand that. But on the social level, it then happens that um, people come to me online and they tell you know, do you have some, some advice, some breathing exercises? What is it that you do? And I say, oh, I'm doing this and that. And then they share a little bit about what, what has happened to them or maybe what has not happened to them because they don't have the traumatic event that triggered it. Because right now it could just be that you lived through a pandemic and you might have not had family members who were severely ill or anything, but you lived through this time. And there is this notion online that I come across a lot that if you don't have a big event to show for you're not allowed to claim that you're traumatized or and again it's becoming a buzzword as well like oh I'm depressed I'm traumatized I'm anxious and we forget what actually that means but that's a different subject I suppose um but this comparison of like well my pain isn't as big as yours because there isn't anything I can't say you know it was just a breakup Yeah, but maybe it was a particularly bad breakup for you and you're clearly suffering. So that's fine. It's irrelevant. So that's the first thing I say to people. I, I'm absolutely open to listen and I'm interested if you want to share it. But it's not for me to measure whether, whether your pain is valid enough to now say, maybe try some, some therapy, maybe try some tools about breathing exercises, those kind of things, because you know that. It's, no one else is an expert on how you feel but you no one else there's no other authority than you um and it is so irrelevant what caused it and that's a big one after the pandemic now that i come across a lot the comparing of pain online 
ARS University is the perfect go-to resource for anyone looking to learn more about mental health, addiction, and other related topics. The on-demand library offers a wealth of engaging and informative content that can help you gain a deeper understanding of these complex subjects. With ARS University, you'll have everything you need to empower yourself with knowledge and support. To learn more, go to www.arsuniversity.com. Well, and I'm glad that you talked about this too, because it can, you know, I think people can look and say, oh, it's just not as bad as them. Like, I'm okay. Like, I don't yeah. deserve to feel that, right? Or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. And I love that you called that out. It's you. You know yourself better than anybody else. Give yourself permission to give the help that you need. It, ask for the resources, do what you need to do. And, you know, it, allow that space and that time to heal. Because if you yeah. don't, and you're not feeling like yourself, it's, and you don't do what you need to do for you. It's going to show up in other ways, right? And we talk about that a lot, right? Like a lot of unresolved issues can manifest themselves into other bigger problems. So do it for you, take care of yourself, right? And that's a big part of this. It's why we have these really important conversations on this show. And I am so grateful that we got to spend some time together today, but we love to ask as one of our final questions to our guests at this point in your life, what matters most to you right now? I think it is to live fully. I think that's a big one for me at the moment, to try and live fully. And by that, I mean, go for the connection, say yes to things. This is post-pandemic for me is, is a big one. Um, because I feel that it's so easy after, and after this time being indoors and being very sheltered and, and all of that to forget that in my opinion life is about the experience life is about um the the dialogue with other people understanding how other people see the world and understanding that my viewpoint is just one of very many and we all have this this experience on this planet so living life to the fullest for me personally is something it's like as it has become a mantra recently what can I do to really expand, you know, this, this, this experience, this time on this planet? Um, and one of the tools I found that works to really feel connected and feel like I'm living not my best life, like the online thing, but my fullest life is through being kind. It's like the, the fast track, I think, to feeling full. <laughs> In, in the best possible way, have a full heart is through kindness. Um, so that's what I, I don't, at the moment, that's on the, you know, I love that. What a beautiful <laughs> message. We can all use more kindness, right. And, and practice kindness to ourselves too. Um, in addition to others, of course. So, well, it has been a true pleasure and I am sure that people are going, where can I connect with her? So would you mind sharing more information about, of course, your Instagram and anything else that you'd like to share? I think, um, you can connect with me most, uh, well, the easiest way is definitely Instagram. That is where I live. Um, as a person um, uh, so if you um if you put my handle which is just my name really in the uh in the show notes that'd be great uh because it is a german name so sometimes it's a bit tricky if i just say it now it might get muddled um but i'm very very open in my dms to talk um 
even if I don't reply immediately, I, I will reply. If you talk, if you want to talk about anything mental health related, I, I don't, I, I'm very, very approachable because I think that's the whole point of what I'm doing. So that would be the number one thing. And then I have a website as well, but you'll find all that when you visit me on Instagram. That's where, where I live. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you again for being on the show today and continue to do what you're doing. It's amazing. So thank Thanks you. for having me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not already subscribed, we hope you join us regularly and please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show. We hope that this podcast is beneficial to you and your wellness journey. Dear Mind You Matter is brought to you by Nobu, a new mental health and wellness app. You can download it today using the link in our show notes. We will talk to you next time. And until then, remember you and your mind matter.